Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. My name is Pastor Jeremy, along with my wife. Man, we just love this church. We're two and a half years old, and how many know the best is yet to come? The best is yet to come. So we're in the middle of a series called Family Vibes. Family Vibes. And I love Family Vibes because Family Vibes is not the vision or the values of a church. It's the vibe. It's the vibe of a church. There's a vibe anywhere you go. If you go into somebody's home, you can feel the vibe in their house. Like maybe you're over there for dinner and they just fought beforehand. I don't know who would, right? Not me, pastor. And so they fought beforehand. And when you're there at dinner, you can feel the vibe, right? You're like, pass me the pizza. Get your own pizza. We're going to go. All right. It's all good. We'll come back tomorrow. There's a vibe. And here's what I love. The definition of a vibe is a person's emotional state. That's what a vibe means. A person's emotional state or the atmosphere of a place as communicated to and felt by others. So I want to ask you today, what is your vibe that others would communicate to me? What is, what is the vibe that is being felt in your home, in your workplace, in, your, in who you are as an individual. If I say, hey, can you tell me what Chris is like? Oh man, this is what Chris is like because that's been communicated to. That's how I feel when I'm around Chris. That's how I feel when I'm in your home. How many know the vibe of Avenue Church feels like it's life-giving, feels like it's inspirational, it's presence-driven, it's motivating. How many love the vibe at Avenue Church? Right? And I'm excited all that God is doing but I'm going to ask you today, what's your vibe? What is your vibe? What would people tell me your vibe is? I got to tell you something. The boss of my household, I'll be transparent. Our vibe at the boss of my house where I live, right, hopefully, uh, the vibe at the boss of my household, it's awesome. It's amazing. I love the vibe that we have until bedtime. Come on, anybody with children, raise your hand if you got kids, right? The vibe's amazing. We're life-giving. We're united together in Christ Jesus until it becomes bedtime. You know what happens? Something happens at bedtime. Bedtime becomes a hostage negotiation in reverse, right? You're like, just stay in there. I'll give you anything. Just go to bed. And so one particular night, uh, and I want you to know before I tell you this story, uh, in true confidence, because uh, what's, what's said in this room is online. So let's welcome our online audience. We're so glad you're here today on Facebook, watching us live. But my wife is out of town, and so she flies back today. She got to speak at a women's retreat in Modesto, California, and amazing stories on how God's used Pastor Lindsay in Modesto. And, uh, and so she's not here yet, but I do have her permission, all right? So help me out. But this week, it happened this week, this week, my son Levi, he's seven, kind of had an emotional week at school. And so we got him home and, and just had a bad day. And so we got him to bed early because, you know, when a kid is emotional, it can get a little ugly. And so we said we're going to go to bed early. And so Lindsay took him and uh, she put him in our bed. She said, let's just hang out. Let's tell stories. Let's cuddle. She had the lamp on. And so I said, okay, you got him. I got to walk the dog that I didn't even want. And so I walked the dog and ran with the dog, came back and put the dog in her crate, shut down the house, made the coffee ready for the next morning. And, and so when I went upstairs, her lamp was off, and they were both sleeping in my bed. And so I went in, and uh, I, always, I went in, and I pulled the covers off ever quietly. I said, my poor little kiddo, you know, he had a tough day. And so I scooped him up. And when I went to go scoop him, my wife went, 
she woke up. She popped up. Now, little disclaimer. My wife, she's a delicate flower. She's amazing. But she has night terror sometimes. And so a night terror is like she's acting out dreams and she doesn't know stuff. And so she becomes a delicate flower and instantly she's a mercenary. Okay? And so she popped up and she said, what the heck? And I went, it's me. <laughs> it's me, babe. Right? It's, it's me. It's your husband. And she just kind of like... And she, she was over Levi, like, don't you dare take my boy, right? It was Mama Bear right there. This happened this week. And so she was like, who are you? And I go, babe, it's me. You know, it was like hook. Like, there you are, Peter. And so I was like, it's me. And so I went, okay, you're good. So I scooped him up, and she went right in the chin, right? I went, oh, I know, right? Look at some of your faces, right? If I'm not here next week, call somebody, okay? <laughs> call somebody. And she's amazing. She's amazing. She's never done that before. And so she's kind of booping, boop, right in the chin. And I went, I'm out of here. Uh-uh. I'm, a, I, I'm concerned for my own safety. And so I went to the guest room. How many know the guest room's like camping, right? You got a TV. You got a mini fridge. You got, a, okay, maybe not. And so you got all kinds of stuff in there. I want you to know that night, I didn't sleep, all right? I didn't even dream. And so the title of my sermon tonight is, Dream again. Dream again. I want you to turn, tell your neighbor, I want you to tell your neighbor, dream on. Dream on. Turn to the other neighbor and say, dream on, buddy. Dream on, pal. Because when I hear that statement, right, it feels negative, right? Like, I got dreams for my life. Dream on, buddy. But how many know, I believe God wants you to dream again. God wants you to dream again. Now, dreams, I believe, is the language of God. It's the language of God that the Bible says in Acts chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, I want you to turn your Bible, and I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Now, when I hear about dream, this is the vibe at Avenue Church. The vibe at Avenue Church is we dream together. That if you attend Avenue Church, you call Avenue Church your home, I want you to know we're not just going to tell you our dreams. I want to know what your dream is. There's an old saying that said, if you want to go uh, if you want to go uh, somewhere quicker, go alone. But if you want to go somewhere farther, go with others. And I'm here to encourage you today. Let's dream together. Let's make an impact together for God's praise and God's glory. And I have a new church. We're not going to tell you what the dreams are. We want to ask you, what are your dreams? We have a dream and vision and values, but what are yours for your life? And so here's Acts chapter 2, verse 14. And dreams are the language of God. And here in Acts chapter 2, Jesus was here on this earth. He got crucified. Three days later, he rose again. Spent some time with the disciples. Before he ascended into heaven, he says, I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to tarry. I want you to pray. I want you to be together in one accord. And in Acts chapter 2, they were all praying together. And many of us, we know the story. But all of a sudden, a sound like a mighty rushing wind came upon the disciples, all those that were united together. How many know? We talked about unity last week. And so they were united together in one accord, with one purpose, with one mind, one spirit. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came on them. They said, look, they're drunk. And it's like, no, they can't be drunk. It's too early. So they must be going after God. Come on, somebody. And here in Acts chapter 2, Peter stood up. He stood up, and he began to preach the message. And he said, in the last days, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. I want you to look at that word. In the last day, I will pour out my spirit on all people, on every single one of us. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men 
will dream dreams. Now hear me out. It doesn't mean only old people dream and young people have vision. We all have dreams. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got a dream. I got a dream. I, got, I don't know where that came from, but... Right? We all have dreams. <laughs> 11 o'clock, you're in trouble, all right? But we all have dreams, and I believe dreams come from God. And everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I want you to look at the words on the screen behind me. Prophecy, visions, and dreams. Those are all things that have to do with something you cannot see or something that's not here yet. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, now faith. And we got, how many know we got to have faith when we prophesy? We got to have faith when we dream dreams. We got to have faith when God gives us the vision. And it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I am convinced by faith that I got a dream. That I got a dream. And so, church, I'm going to ask you today, what are you dreaming about? What do you see that no one else can see? What do you see that you believe is coming by faith. We talk about faith here at Avenue Church a lot. And so today I want to talk about dreams. What's a dream that God has placed in your heart? And here's the thing. We talk a lot about faith, but dreams are the target of your faith. Dreams are the target, not the clothing store you all go to, all right? It's the dreams are the target of your faith. That in order to have faith, our faith needs a target. We need something to look at. But the problem is, and sometimes in this, in this thing called Christianity, in this thing called following Jesus, we're aiming at nothing, so we're hitting nothing every time. We're not hitting anything. We're not making an impact. We have nothing to focus on. And without vision, we'll perish. Now, do me a favor in your place. Raise your hand if you're married. There we go. There's one. Thank you so much, right? Put your hands down. Husbands, let me help you out here, all right? Family vibes, we're talking about everything and everything, okay? And so let me try that again, because boys, you can get some brownie points up in here, all right? And so let me start over. Let me rewind. Let me rewind. And look, all right, all right, you guys ready? Raise your hand if you're married. Yeah. Yes, right? Sometimes it's like, yeah. Don't remind me, right? We're going to fix that Avenue Church in Jesus' name, right? Do me a favor. Raise your hand if you're single. <laughs> in one accord, apparently. I don't know what that was, right? Woo! Do me a favor. If you're single, put your hand up, all right? No, do me a favor. You're single and dating, all right? I'm putting you together, all right? Single and dating, no? Single and dating, all right? Some of you single people are like, I'm not dating, right? No, keep your hand up. Put your hand up if you're single. Look around the room. See what you got to work with? All right, yes. Single, ready to mingle at Avenue Church. Come on, somebody. Yes, Lord. Equally yoked. Equally yoked. Yeah, baby. Come on. I cannot wait to do weddings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. But here's the thing. All of us have a target. We all have a target. For example, if you're, when you're single, I was single once upon a time. When you're single, your target becomes, I want to find somebody. I want to find somebody to spend the rest of my life with. I want to find somebody to be with. Maybe when you're dating, your target is now I want to get married. That is now my target. I want to get married someday. Someday he'll propose to me. Someday he'll propose to me. That should be a target. If that's not his target, guess what? You got a new target. Come on, can I get a witness, somebody? Someday propose to me. Right? We got, we, 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 we on a top. Jesus is coming back. I just help somebody else. You're like, this, I, this is now home, pastor. 
Or when you're engaged, maybe you get engaged, now your new target is the wedding day, right? Or maybe some of you the wedding night. Come on, I'm preaching real today, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that's your target. I pray in Jesus' name. Maybe after you get married, your target is to have children. Or maybe some of you, your target is not to have children. Whatever your target is, maybe after you have kids, your target is to retire. Or your target is to have a career that's fulfilling. But the problem is after you hit every target, you'll have a target to aim for. You don't have to have faith for anything. And the problem is you stop dreaming. God wants you to dream. I'm going to show this real quick. And there's a, if you have a target, we have something to aim for. Now I'm going to give a dating example. So here's a, a male and a female, and they're going to start dating together. Put up that slide real quick. And there's the target. That's the target they should be looking at. They should be aiming at. But here's the problem. If we don't have anything to aim at, then we're just shooting anywhere. So put that next slide up. And we're going to try this. We're going to do this. Maybe I'll go over here. Maybe this will be my new belief system, my values, my vision. And we're just trying different things. But what happens when we have a, a, the same target on a life-giving father who loves us, put that next slide up, then we're all going to the same place. Now hear me out. I'm not saying the same dreams. I'm saying the same God, the same father. My wife has dreams. I have dreams. And together we're going towards Jesus. And when you're going towards the author and the perfecter of our faith, you're going to grow closer and closer together. How do I get my marriage stronger? Go after God. How do I get my marriage and my relationship stronger? Go after Jesus. But the problem is we're flirting to converting sometimes, right? I'm missionary dating pastor because they look good, but they all have a different target. They have a different target. We're saying, God, I want to have the target called faith, to have dreams. And many of us, we've stopped dreaming. We're just sleeping. We're just daydreaming through life. We don't have a target to hit. We're not making a difference. Many of us, we're going to heaven, and you love God, but you're bored because you have a target. You have dreams, visions that God has given us. That Your life is full of excitement. Your life will be full of excitement by what God is doing in your life and through your life. But the problem is there's many dream killers. So number one, dream killer that I've seen is a wrong view of life. It's the wrong view of life. That I don't know, the Bible says there's fruits of the Spirit. And fruits of the Spirit means when Jesus comes into my heart, right, we get to have these characteristics of the Spirit. And the first one is it's love, right? We like that one, love. Second one is joy. I believe if you love God with all your heart, you're going to have joy. Avenue Church, we choose joy. It's a choice that we make. The next one is long-suffering. I don't want that one. Leave that one away from me. I want everything to go good in my life. But how many know when you have love, joy, long-suffering, it begins to show. But so many of us, I remember Winnie the Pooh, we kind of have the Eeyore faith, right? We're like, praise God. Like, I guess so. God is good all the time. Whatever. And Tigger's driving nuts, right? I'm Tigger. <laughs> hey, you know what I do best? I praise because that's what preachers do best. But the reason why is because we have a wrong view of life. That you don't know that God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more in your life. You don't know John 10.10. 10, it says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's the only thing we focus at. But then there's a little comma, and the comma says, but I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. But sometimes we have a wrong view of life that gets your eyes on God, and your problems become a little bit smaller. 
doesn't mean I don't have problems, all right? I got 99 problems, but God isn't one of them. Why? Because I'm focusing on God, the author and perfecter of my faith. But number two, we have a wrong view of ourselves. We have a wrong view of ourself. The church, our past pains stop our future dreams way too much. Our past hurts stop too many of us, but dreams are what's to come. That God sees where you're going. God has a plan for your life, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and a future. God's got a plan for your life. But here's the reality. The reality is, is that we don't see things the way they are. We see things as we are. When we go through life in every problem, scenario, or circumstances, we're looking at it at the lens of our identity. But here's what the truth is, according to God's Word, that we need to see ourselves as God sees us. I'm going through hell and high water right now, but God loves me. God's got a plan for my life. God's going to get me through it. Though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will get through the valley. He is with me. He is with me. And so we have to encourage ourselves. We need to see the way things, we need to see things the way God sees things. That when we begin to focus on God, the drama goes away. Can I get an amen right there? Come on. All right, save your drama for your mama because your eyes are on the Father. All right, don't amen that. I'm so sorry. That was so cheesy. That was so bad. I wrote that down this week. I went, ah, ha, ha. It rhymed. But seriously, church, when there's, you have, you have less drama in your life when your eyes are on the Father. When you say, God, you're the author and perfecter of my faith. I'm not going to hurt others by gossip and slander and drama. and I'm not going to make a big deal on minor things. Because your life is a mess when you haven't seen the dream that God has for your life. But number three, there's a wrong view of God. We have a wrong view of God. And that's why we've stopped dreaming. That we're praying boring prayers. This is going to speak to somebody today. We're, we're, we're praying boring prayers. Because either we believe God doesn't care or he doesn't hear our prayers. Uh, you know, growing up, uh, maybe some church people might, you might uh, uh, reminisce with me real quick, but growing up when I was a young child, my mom or dad would kneel on the bed next to mine, and I would get on my knees, and we would pray together, and we prayed the same prayer every night. And this prayer was, now I lay me down to sleep. Anyone know this one? All right. Some of you just stroked out there, right? Your eyes just started twitching. Come on. And here's your prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to take. I'm like, wait a minute. What? What, what, what's going on here? If I die, right, before I wake, what? If I have a heart attack, if I stop breathing in my sleep, right, if I stroke out and nobody's around, if I fall down I don't got button to push, right, I pray my soul to take. What kind of prayer is that? What's going on? If I die <laughs> before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. Like, that was messed up, Mom. That was jacked up. But the problem is, church, listen to me. We have a wrong view of God, and those are the type of prayers you are praying. If I just make it through today, if I could just get through it, and trust me, I prayed those prayers before. Hello. If I could just get through today, if I could just make it, God is saying, oh, you'll make more than just today. You'll make more than just this year. You'll make more than just what you're sitting in or what you're going through. But how many know God wants us to pray audacious prayers? God wants us to pray 
big dreams for our lives. God wants to say, come on, son. Come on, daughter. What is the dream that God has placed in your heart? You know, God is our biggest cheerleader. God is saying, let's dream. Let's dream again. Let's dream again. Jeremiah 32, verse 17 says, Oh, sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth. You know what that is? That's perspective. You made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. For so many of us, you need to write down Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Because this isn't a story for people 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. This is for us today. Say, God, nothing is too hard for you. God, nothing is too great for you. I once sat in the room just a couple weeks ago with an 80-year-old preacher, Tommy Barnett, started Dream Centers, all this thing, amazing legacy all across the world. And at 80-some years old, he said, my two biggest regrets is not dreaming big enough, is not dreaming big enough, and not taking a risk. I said, you know what? It's time to dream again, church. But we have a wrong view of God. And so there's five types of people in this room. Five types of people in this room. And the first type is, those that don't have a dream. There's no dream. We're just going through life. We're going through the motions. We're mundane. We're just surviving. You're praying, now I lay me down to sleep. You have nothing to live for. But Jeremiah 33.3, it says, call to me and I will answer you. Call to me and I will answer you. This is a promise from God, I'll tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. I love that right there. Call to me. That's saying, draw near to God. Get in a time of prayer. Begin to take out all the distractions of life. And God said, I will answer you, and I'll tell you things you do not know. I'll give you visions. I'll give you dreams for your life. Did you know we, we typically spend about two hours every night in what's called deep sleep. So I studied out this week. And before we go into a deep sleep, it takes about two hours for us. Then after we get into deep sleep, we go into REM sleep. And REM sleep is called rapid eye movement. And during that time period of that sleep, before we go back into deep sleep, that's when you dream. So scientists don't know why you dream, but that, all they know is your conscious is still moving. It's not sleeping. It's still active. And so if you go to bed and you get enough rest, and if you sleep enough, you'll get into that deep sleep. And so many of us, we need 8 to 10 hours per night. How many know we're like 6 hours, 4 hours, 3 hours? But after we have enough time to rest, we go into that deep sleep. And then after deep sleep, we have the dream sleep. But so many of us, we're not resting enough to get into the deep sleep, into the REM dream part of the cycle of our sleep time. And I know that because Saturday nights we're like, yeah, it's Saturday. Let's party, right? Let's go somewhere. It's Saturday, right? Whether it's with your church friends, whether it was with your uh, outreach group. Uh, yeah, you're like, it's an outreach, Pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm. Some of you will get that later. It's an outreach. Some of you are getting smarter with the stamp, too. Put it right here. Put it right here. I got to be somewhere tomorrow morning. Some of you might get that on the way home. It's okay. But the problem is, as a culture, we're not getting enough sleep. So we go to bed on Saturday and on Sunday morning when our alarm goes off, or on Monday morning when it's time for work, we're in the middle of our deep sleep. We haven't got to the dreams part yet. 
And in the middle of that deep sleep, people are trying to wake you up, and you wake up and go, I am just exhausted. Let's not go to church today. It's just an option, not a commitment. Let's just lay back down. On Monday, it's like, I'll just call in sick. It's, an op- it's not an option. It's a totally commitment, but I don't feel committed right now. Come on, somebody. And so, and if you don't get enough rest, you're not going to go into the dreams part. Here's the problem. Here's why I believe the Spirit of God told me. We're not resting enough in Jesus to get the dreams from God. we got to rest and pray and fast and just slow down, remove distractions. You could clap for that, right? Because I believe God wants to give us dreams, but we're not dreaming because we're not finding rest. I've learned long ago, prayer doesn't point God to me. Prayer points me to God. Say, God, give me some dreams for my life. Give me some vision for my life. Dream for your marriage. And I'm not just saying if you're engaged and about to be married, keep dreaming. But dream for your marriage after 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Continue to dream. Don't dream for a replacement. Hello? But pray for the existing marriage that you have. Dream together. Because your dreams have to go beyond your children. Because someday they're all going to move out and you're going to look at each other and go, who are you? I just had a roommate to help me raise children. Welcome to Family Vibe Series, everybody. Come on. But dream. Dream for your spouse. Dream for your friends. Dream for your church. I need dreamers around me. But number two, so many of us, we have the wrong dream. We have the wrong dream. Now, hear me out. I don't believe it's a bad dream, but it's not a God-honoring dream. And I think it's good for us to have dreams. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But many of us, we have the wrong dream, that it's not necessarily a good dream, but it's, it, it could be a good dream, but it's not a God dream. Maybe you have a dream to say, God, I want to make lots of money someday. Come on, that's a great dream. Yes, because I believe we move at the speed of generosity. I believe you could be a light in a very dark place, and that is in the career industry. And I'm here to tell you, though, God wants you to have more than a career. He wants you to have a calling. But so many of us, our target is, I'm going to make money so I can have fun. And hear me out. I like to have fun too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fun doesn't bring fulfillment. Fun can only be temporary. God's asking you for a dream. That, you know, fun is something to live on, but purpose gives you something to live for. God, I need a dream. I need a life-altering, earth-shattering dream. You know the A-team here? Can I give up for the A-team? I love our A-team at Avenue Church. Our A-team, our A-team, they're the dream team here at Avenue Church. Lissa, I don't want to embarrass you, but she shadowed at the coffee bar today for the first time because she graduated through growth track. Give it up for Lissa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I love it. I've had people come to me and said, I never knew I could make a difference. And it's helped me to dream again. I'm so grateful that we have a group of leaders that said, Pastor, we need a youth ministry. And so they got together and they started Avenue Youth. I'm grateful for that dream. I'm so grateful for Karen Chamberlain. I'm so grateful. She's in the background. I'm so grateful for Karen. That Karen's story is powerful. And someday I'd love to share her story. But she's a widow. And she came to me and she said, you know, I mourn my husband. I know he's in a better place, but I'm ready to make a difference. And so she started Seniors Corner at Avenue Church for those that are 50 plus. So make sure you see Karen in the lobby today, a senior small group. Why? Because God has given you a dream, a dream 
for your life. Number three is a stale dream. And hear me out, church, I've, I've had these. Some of us, we have a dream that we're all excited for. But sometimes in the, in the, in the season of just waiting and waiting and waiting, that dream becomes like a stale cookie in the counter, right? It's rock hard. It's solid. Nobody wants to eat it. Just, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like it has any purpose. And God is saying, you know what? You have a dream in your heart. It feels like it's becoming stale. But hear me out, church. A godly dream at the wrong time can become a nightmare. And God's saying, it's a great dream. I'm going to give you that dream, but I'm getting you ready for that dream. But sometimes we have a stale dream. I remember a season in my life many, many, many years ago where I couldn't feel God. I couldn't hear from him. I couldn't hear his voice. That's not very good when you're a pastor, all right, by the way. <laughs> you're like, sermoncentral.com. Like, where do I go? And so I began to ask God, God, where are you? And I went through a season where everything felt stale. So I decided to pray, decided to fast, give up food and TV, because social media didn't exist at that time. I was like, MySpace, right? I remember one night, just frustrated. I felt like God left me. I felt like I should quit. And I laid my head down on the pillow. I was single at that time. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God spoke to me on the inside. And all he told me was, I love you. I love you. And when I heard that, because sometimes we get so fixated on the dream, we forget about the dream giver the dreamer in us. When he said, I love you, I said, man, I can start dreaming again. That is no longer stale. God, you're no longer far. But number four is a vague dream. And here's what I want to encourage you today. If you have a vague dream, write the dream down. Put it on paper. Allow, continue to add to it. I have uh, an app on my phone that I'm taking notes. It's on my computer, my iPad, my phone. I begin to just write down dreams. I'd be embarrassed if I shared you some of my dreams. You'd be like, what the heck, Pastor? Well, you know what? I got a dream in my heart. Write down a bucket list. How many have a bucket list? All right, write down a bucket list. What's a bucket list? A list of things you're going to do before you kick the bucket. So write down a bucket list. Put skydiving down. That's not on mine. Come on, somebody. Put down different things on your bucket list. Here's some of mine. I'm not going to tell you all of them. But the Bible says if you write the vision down, make it plain, you can run with it. And so here's my bucket list. To watch God heal my ears. To not wear a hearing aid anymore. Come on, can I go with this, somebody? I can't wait. I'm all, yeah, yeah, not yet, not yet. Another one of my bucket lists is to watch my son to grow and to love Jesus and to love the local church. I want my son to love Jesus. I, want, I don't want it to be mom and dad's God. I want it to be his God, his Savior. Another thing on my bucket list, to watch the Chicago Bears win at least one Super Bowl at least once in my lifetime. At least once. 85 was good, but come on, I need to see it. That's my bucket list. What's on your bucket list, church? You know, just a few weeks ago, my son came up to my wife and I. He said, Mom, Dad, I want to throw a birthday party. I was like, cool, for who? For Chloe. I said, Chloe's our dog. You know that, right? I want to throw a birthday party for my 
for Chloe, our dog, as I put the picture up behind me, he got the decorations out. He made signs. He got our dog a bibby. He invited people over. His buddy came over with a present. I'm like, oh, my word, you know. My wife's taking pictures. I was like, do not put this on Instagram, all right? I got manhood. And so I put it on Instagram. We were so proud of him. He did all the work himself. This is all, we didn't spend a dime in Jesus' name, all right? This is all previous birthday stuff. And so we got the dog a cake and all these different things. You know what happened? We encouraged my son to dream. Now, throwing a dog birthday party was not on my bucket list, all right? I hope to throw a dog a birthday party someday. No! But listen to me, church. If you dream, they're going to dream. I got to say that again because that's too good to be ignored, right? If you dream, they're going to dream. If they see your bucket list and you're checking things off, then they're going to say, you know what? If God can do it for them, God can do it for me. If you dream, then they will dream. God wants you to put this on your, on your bucket list. This is how I'm going to close today. Number one, I believe that God wants you to put a God-honoring, culture-defying, heaven-impacting, seemingly impossible dream. That's what he wants on your bucket list. So I'm going to break this down today. Number one, God wants you to have a God-honoring dream. A God-honoring dream. The type of dreams that give God all the glory. You know what I love about Avenue Church? Avenue Church that was started two and a half years ago because God put a dream in our hearts. Not just pastors Jeremy and Lindsay, but as well as an amazing A-team, 85 adults, their kids, all that. Why? I love Avenue Church because what God has done is extraordinary and it points people to Jesus. But nobody knows who we are. Nobody knows Pastor Jeremy Bosma. Nobody knows Pastor Lindsay Bosma. Nobody knows the A-team. But why? Why is it extraordinary? Because we're all a bunch of somebody's telling everybody about a somebody named Jesus. That's what we're doing. What is it? It's a God-honoring dream. So I have a ministry bucket list. And on my ministry bucket list, I have many different items. But I want to share just a few is to have Avenue to become a beacon of light in Las Vegas and all around the world. To be a light of hope for those that are disenfranchised, for those that are hurt, those that need hope and healing, those that are ready to be disciples of Christ. I have a bucket list for Avenue, multi-site, multi-race. We're not just going to be in Nevada, all across the world. We're going to be in South America. How many of you going to see uh, Avenue Church in South America? Why not? Why not? Jesus Cristo te ama mucho. Come on, somebody. Why not? Why not? El Diablo's caca. Okay, let's keep going. A school of ministry in a college producing leaders of all ages. Of all ages. I'm talking about targets. You know what my target is? To be your bow. You're the arrow. I just want to launch you. Let's launch a church directly through Avenue Church. Let's launch ministries. Let's launch nonprofits. Let's make an impact for the kingdom. Uh, here's my last one. I wanted you to get excited because I need dreamers around me. But my last item is a how in the world did Avenue Church get that building? Bucket list item. Why not? Why not? God wants us to dream God-honoring dreams. Listen to me, church. If I can, then you can. A God-honoring dream. Number two is a culture-defined dream. A culture-defined dreams. There are dreams in this room you're going to change culture. Here's a man that changed culture who had a dream, Martin Luther King Jr. He said, I have a dream. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation 
will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. How many know he had a culture-defying, culture-shaking dream? How many know you have a dream in your heart that could change culture? I want to encourage you today, begin to dream. The next one is a heaven-impacting dream. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin and grasshoppers destroy. A little bit exclusive there. Where thieves break in and steal. But it says this, Do, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven where moth can't destroy, where no one can break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you have treasure, God, heaven, honoring dreams, the enemy can't touch it. The enemy can't hurt it. The enemy can't take it. But if you put your heart into that dream, no one can rip it out of your heart. Because the Bible says that if your treasure's in heaven, God's going to protect it. God's going to be all over it. And God is saying, let's begin to dream again. Keep dreaming dreams. Dream audacious dreams, personal dream. Dream for your family. But let's dream dreams of legacy. Legacy. And here's the last one. It's a seemingly impossible dream. An impossible dream. I had a mentor, 72 years old before he passed. His name was Pastor Robert Gorey. He sat down in a room with me and some other guys. He said, guys, I want you to think of a project. And that project has to be so impossible that only God can make it happen. And so, man, we begin to dream and dream and dream, but we got busy, we got distracted, we get to aim at other different targets. And I'm here to tell you, a particular dream that we shared in that room is one of the dreams of Avenue Church. It's on my bucket list. And I'm saying, God, it's impossible, but let's see what God can do. Not what Jeremy can do, but what God can do. That we need some people around us to say, you know what, Pastor? That sounds crazy. If you're younger, that's cray-cray, all right? That sounds crazy. But God's going to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask for. More than we can ask for. More than we can ask for. So worship team, come on up. I want to end with this story today. There's a story in Matthew, in Mark, excuse me, Mark chapter 8. Jesus is doing ministry and he goes to a town called Bethsaida. And some people brought to Jesus a blind man. Now hear me out, church. Anytime we read a story in the Bible, there's always a spiritual translation for us today. And so for many of us, we're blind. Whether we have a vague dream, we don't have a dream. We don't know what to see, we don't know what to do. Maybe we're spiritually blind and we don't know how much God really does love us. We've got a wrong view of life or self or of God. So they took a blind man to Jesus and they begged Jesus, touch him. Jesus, heal him. Just put your hands on him. And he took the blind man by the hand. And check this out in the, in the yellow. It said he brought him outside the village. I'm here to tell you, Joseph, be careful who you tell your dreams to. But Jesus had to take that blind man outside the village. He said, you know what? Let's get yourself, let's get you away from the haters, right? Let's get you away from the crowd. Let's get you away from the distractions. And this is what the Bible says. He took him outside the village. And when he had, when he had spit on the man's eyes, I love that. How many know God never does things the way we want him to do it? 
Because here's somebody in this room. You're like, Jesus, here's my dream. Here it is, God. It's God-honoring, culture-shaking. It's impossible. God, here's my dream. But here's what you're going to do, God. you got to do step one. got to do step two. got to do step three. And if you don't do that, I ain't in. I'm all out. And God is saying, oh, sweetheart. Oh, gentlemen. Here's what you got to do. God, here's my dream. God's going to take you this way and that way. And you're going to wake up with that dream. And here's what I love. They said, Jesus, when you lay hands on this blind man, he's a buddy of mine. Let's hook him up. And Jesus went, bah! And they're like, Jesus, that, that's not what I'm talking about, Lord. Jesus, don't do that. The blind man's like, what the heck? Jesus, hockey in my ear, I'd be like, what's wrong with you? He spit in his eyes. He put his hands on him. Jesus said, do you see anything? He's like, no. <laughs> Spit, I see, I see, spit. And he looked up and he said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Now hear me out, stay in that slide for just a second. This tells me that if he was blind from birth, if he was always blind, he would never know what trees look like. But this tells me at one point in his life, he was able to see. And that stands for so many of us in this room. We have tree vision. We don't see clearly. We once saw. We once were passionate. We once were on fire. We once had a target. We once had a dream. We once prophesied. We once had a vision for God in our life. But something happened. Something took place. Whether it's our past, our hurt, our circumstances, people, a church, I don't know. But something took place. We lost sight. We lost vision. And he said, they look like trees walking around. Come on, I got some hope for you today. This is what the next verse says. Jesus, it says, once more. How many know we serve a once more God? We serve a once more God again and again and again. Once more, he put his hands on the man's eyes, and boom, his eyes were open, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. God wants you to see clearly today. God wants to give you a dream and a vision for your heart that is heaven, that is culture-defying, heaven-altering, life-defying dream for your life. If you're here today and you need a dream from God, will you stand with me, please, in this room? I want to pray with you today. So stand with me as I close out in prayer today. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you. Father, thank you for this word today. Thank you how much it ministered to me. But Father, I pray for every single person in this room. The Father, I pray you begin to put a dream in their heart. The Father, I pray you begin to give us vision to see clearly. That maybe we'll see ourselves clearly, God. I pray begin to show them your identity, who they are in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray today that maybe there's somebody in this room, you've been following Jesus, you've been faithful, but it feels stagnant, it feels stale, and God is here to tell you once again, I'm going to give you clear vision, clear next steps for your life. So God, I pray in the power of your Holy Spirit, give us dreams again. Help us to dream again. Help us to dream again. Begin to drop some vision into our hearts today. Vision for this church, vision for our life vision for our families, vision for our relationships, vision for our sons and our daughters. Help them to dream in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you're here today, you feel like you have no hope. You feel like God's left you. You feel like God answers everyone else and God's looking at everyone else, but he's not looking at you. 
with every head bowed, every eye closed, I would love to honor praying with you. Because once more, God's going to touch your life. Once more, God's going to help you to see clearly so that you can know God, so you can find freedom, so you can discover your unique purpose. And so, yes, you can begin to make a difference. If that is you with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you're saying, Pastor, will you pray a prayer with me? I won't embarrass you. I won't single you out. But if you're saying, Pastor, will you lead me in a prayer? I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm asking you to join in a new relationship with Christ Jesus. If that is you, put a hand up. Put it right back down. That's all I need. Put a hand up. Yes. Put it right back down. Yes. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Hand up and right back down. Yes. Yes. That's it. Hand up and right back down. Come on. That's a lot of hands today. Let's give God a shout. Give him a praise today. And I want us all to pray a prayer together. Say, dear Jesus. Remember, we all pray a prayer together. Say, dear Jesus. Say, forgive me of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Say, Jesus, help me to dream again. Say, be Lord of my life. Be number one. Say, with all my heart, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, today, I now know who I am. Say, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc.